Almost every day, there's a news report about how social media can affect your mental health. And we've experienced firsthand how being on social media can have an impact on our personal lives and our professional lives too. So in this episode, we're diving into the tactics that we use to ensure we don't let it have a negative impact on us or our business, even when we spend almost every day online. Did you know that reducing your social media use can significantly lower your levels of anxiety, depression and loneliness? And it can help you sleep better. And we all know what a difference sleep makes to our lives. But how can you actually reduce the time you spend on social media when you work as a social media marketer? Well, in this episode, which is sponsored by Agora Pulse, we'll be revealing how we do it and sharing some tips we've picked up along the way during our combined 25 years of using social media marketing for business. But let's start off by being honest. You can't be a social media marketer and not use social media. We are not going to tell you how to take a digital detox because that sadly is not an option when your income relies on being on the platforms. But it's not just about how long you spend on social. It's about how you use it that has a huge impact. So we'll be diving into how you can use it differently to help you remain focused when you're in work mode. And as a freelancer, you can also be impacted by the people you work with. So we're also going to dive into how to put boundaries and systems in place so you can take back control of your clients and avoid being on social media 24-7. So let's dive in. Okay, where should we start? Okay, so let's, I think, start with just looking at the more practical elements of our day-to-day working lives, like what we do on a daily basis that can help. Okay. And I guess it's worth saying these are some of the things that we use and they hopefully will be useful for other people, but some people might need to go more extreme than others. It really depends on how addicted you are to social media and and how much you need to have that kind of maybe accountability um, in place to enforce you to do things. Yeah, I think also it depends on which platforms you're working on Mm. um, and what you can do with those. So for example, I never ever will look at LinkedIn on my mobile purely because I know that if LinkedIn sucks me into a hole of all of this stuff that I want to learn. And so if I'm on my mobile, I can't get off of it because I'm like, oh, I really want to learn this. I want to learn this. So I only ever look on LinkedIn when I'm on my desktop. But other platforms I will always look at on my mobile. So I think it really depends on like where you are at that point for how you can put those boundaries in place with yourself. But I definitely find just on that point of desktop versus mobile, all platforms really you can manage on desktop, kind of. 100%. Yeah. And yes, they're obviously designed for mobile, but actually as a marketer, you can do the bulk of your work on a desktop. And that's the difference, isn't it? We can't kid ourselves as much as we like to use the excuse that scrolling on TikTok for 20 hours a day is actually part of our job and it's our research. The reality is that isn't the case, is it? (laughs) And yes, we have to be on social media and yes, we have to kind of be aware of what's happening and the trends and, and everything like that. Actually, the doing of your job can be done on desktop. And I think by trying to be really focused and disciplined by working on your computer, not on your mobile, will help you stop that 
kind of like you've just said stop kind of getting sucked into LinkedIn or get sucked into TikTok if it's me so I definitely think that's just a tip in itself is to try to move away from being on your phone all the time to avoid that rabbit hole yeah and I think you don't even have to be on the platforms themselves a lot of the time you can use external tools so like as you know our sponsor is Agora Pulse you can manage your whole social media marketing inside Agora Pulse. You don't even need to go yeah. and like open Instagram, for example. You can reply to all the comments and all of that sort of stuff within Agora Pulse um, and various other platforms can help you to do that too. So you don't put yourself in that position where you are being sucked into a hole and distracted and you're procrastinating because you're watching loads of reels and thinking, oh, I'm going to save this audio yeah. for later, um, which you never <laughs> then go back and use because you're not even opening those apps. So I think it's about putting those boundaries in place, tools, um, you know, whether you're using desktop or mobile, whether you're using like the focus times on your mobile, all of those sorts of things kind of set you up immediately for for having that success don't they yeah and i think the focus times and really we should have done a bit of research on this about android because i think android have similar to an iphone but where you can set the times that you're able to do things and i think that's they're so good for your mental health and just for trying to protect yourself slightly and to avoid distractions so Mm. definitely have a look into those and play around with them they're available definitely on all iphones and i'm sure i've seen people talking about it on android as well so these things are available these things are there for you to take the best of these systems to enable you to have the best situation for your working day yeah and i think you don't even if you don't use like the focus times within your mobile just by restricting the notifications that pop up on your screen that can massively reduce the distractions yeah because you as much as your clients probably disagree responding to a comment as as soon as it's made is not essential. No. <laughs> you know, you need to have some boundaries in place as to like wh- how long it takes for you to reply back to somebody. But if somebody said, oh, great picture. Oh yeah, great point. I really, you know, agree with this. You do not have to respond within the next 30 seconds. You can ignore that notification, carry on with what you're doing and come back to it when you are working on that client. But if you've got those notifications popping up on your screen constantly, which, you know, I have to admit to um, having myself, um, <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to ignore them. Yeah, well, this is the thing. You know? Like, so we're very different when it comes to notifications. I have none, <laughs> mm. which is a slight lie. Like, I do have the odd one, but um, more for email. But I do, for social platforms, I don't because I, as you know, I'm so easily distracted. It would just even if I if I just caught at the corner of my eye that something had happened on Instagram or something had happened on LinkedIn, I, even whether I actually took action and picked up that phone, it would distract me. It would change. Mm. So if I'm in the middle of doing something, it would just, I'd lose my train of thought. And so I don't have any notifications turned on or as very few as possible. And if I did, if there was a period of time or maybe a campaign or something where I felt it was important to be as reactive as possible, I would just make sure I'd got the necessary notifications turned on. So, you know, I'd only want to know if someone's commented, for example. I wouldn't want to know if someone's liked my post because that would just be (laughs) relentless because we get thousands. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah, so you know, turning off notifications is not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, I agree. 
and again using like the screen time um functions on phones that you know you limit you could literally say at five o'clock i'm not going to use pinterest again today because if you know it's hard if you want to use it socially and personally as well but there is nothing to stop you putting those boundaries in place where at a weekend you just can't get on those social platforms Mm. you know so those kind of things that i enforce with my kids you totally could enforce or get you you know a partner or, or get your kids to enforce it on you there is definitely ways yeah. and just little things like it's such a minor thing but i have a habit where if i'm sitting at my desk i don't tend to do this anywhere else in my house but when i'm sitting at my desk if i put my mobile on my desk it's always face down yeah i never ever put it face up and um, because i do have some notifications on my screen and then they obviously pop up and when I'm in my office, that's kind of, I know that I'm in work zone. So it's just a habit that I put it face down. But I know some people will put their phone in their drawer. You know, they'll leave their phone outside of their office, all of those sorts of things. But obviously when you work in social, it's a bit more difficult to do that. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you work for an agency, or if you worked in-house nine to five, Monday to Friday, for example, it's highly unlikely you wouldn't be working 24-7 it, you know, because you have those boundaries in place. But I think as freelancers, the lines are so easily blurred and we can very quickly find that, you know, before we know it, it's 10 o'clock at night and you haven't looked up from your phone because you've been having a mooch about what clients, you know, clients, competitors or whatever you've been doing. And you're not paid. And I'm fairly confident I can say this to be true is that I guarantee none of you are paid like triple pay to be working on a weekend or on an evening or 24 seven, like you would find in other industries. So just don't. Yeah. Although because you're a freelancer, you obviously do have flexibility. And if you want to work evenings because you're not working during the day, then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, don't work all day and all night yeah, unless you're it, making a lot of money. Well, exactly. Yeah. My point being, you're not probably paid enough to to be working mm. round the clock out of hours whatever those hours are out of hours but equally on that point and we'll come on to this in terms of when you're working with your clients but if you decide oh I'm going to do a few hours this evening so I can have an easier day tomorrow use the functions where you can schedule your replies to your emails or your emails so the client doesn't know that you're working on an evening you know there's so many things that you can tap into now that actually your client doesn't need to know that you're working on evenings because actually if you give them an inch they'll take a mile and they'll end yeah. up expecting you to work every evening but we'll yeah. come on and to a bit more and think you're working that. evenings in addition to what you're doing during the day not yeah. instead of yeah um so that yeah they'll think they're getting a lot more than they are and then they come to expect it i think it's important point to make that you shouldn't feel guilty about scrolling through social media in your own time or whenever you want if that's what you want to do yeah. because just because other people aren't doing it or just because other people have judgments and think oh god they're on social media again <laughs> if you want to be on social media be on social media, scroll through an Instagram in an evening. It's one of the, the kind of things that I do. I'll sit in front of the telly and I just have a little mindless scroll through the explore feed. And for me, that's quite entertaining. But I'm not looking at work things. Yeah. I'm like watching random videos of alligators in people's swimming pools in Florida. You know, I'm not looking at work things during that time it's entertainment and we have to remember that social media is there for entertainment yeah so if you're using it for entertainment i think that's totally fine and don't feel guilty and don't let anyone else make you feel guilty 
if that's what you want to do. Like I love a scroll on TikTok, but I'll go on my personal TikTok account, not on our work one when I'm not mm. working, just to try to establish those kind I of think boundaries. You do that so I don't see what you're looking at on TikTok though, let's be honest. Well, no, I do. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to. And then I realised that actually... Oh, it's all coming out now. Yeah, I thought that if I were, if you then went on TikTok and all you saw was how to contour your face, you'd be thinking, <laughs> oh my God. So I decided I should just operate my own TikTok account and learn to contour my Coming face. Coming soon to our TikTok contouring tutorials, everyone. Uh, ironically, I don't space. wear any makeup, so <laughs> <laughs> I suspect that won't be happening. Love it. there's also a point to be made about what it is you're looking at on social media like following on from what you're saying yes like contouring videos probably are not going to leave you feeling rubbish about yourself well I don't know Uh, you may do (laughs) who knows (laughs) Um, but I think it's important to say that like be mindful of what you're looking at you would if you've got children you would make sure that they know not to look at certain things and I think you need to have those boundaries with yourself as well like if you know that you're somebody who gets imposter syndrome when you're seeing other people in your space doing what looks like better than you mm. uh, they may not be doing better than you obviously bear that in mind but if it looks like they're doing better than you and that gives you imposter syndrome don't follow them don't look at what they're doing (laughs) you know step away I think this is a really big issue for social media managers they follow other social media managers and you know we we in the inner hub have obviously we've created this amazing community everyone's really supportive they want to support each other which is fine and if you have friends who are also social media managers of course that's fine but if it's making you feel bad if it's bringing you down if if you are starting to feel like oh well I can't say that because I've already seen xyz has said that so therefore it affects your content creation you just need to step away and I think yes like you've just touched on we need to remember that just because someone's got you know 50,000 followers on Instagram that does not mean they've got any money coming in the bank or you know they talk about all this money coming in the bank on their socials but actually they could be really miserable like we we shouldn't have to kind of explain that to you we should all understand that social media is a bit you know um spoken mirrors that's it i was gonna say cloak and mirrors <laughs> isn't it cloak cloak and daggers, cloak, cloak and daggers and mirrors. Mirrors. we're here for all the metaphors <laughs> <laughs> but you know the ability like we do this all the time we mute people a lot and sometimes we block people but nine times out of ten I am I love a mute like people will kind of be grating on me a little bit or I'll be finding that they're making me feel kind of inferior or rubbish I'll just mute people I'll mute 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 that mute button and I know I categorically know people have muted me and us and and that's absolutely fine like I take no offense from that because I think you have to understand that we can curate our own feed. And if if you want to take enjoyment out of being on social media, but there are people who are bringing you down, rightly or, you know, in your opinion, then just mute them. It doesn't have to be forever. I think people forget that in real life, we would pull ourselves out of a situation of spending time with somebody yeah. if they were making us feel rubbish. And it's just the same on social media. If someone's making you feel rubbish, just, yeah, stop paying attention to what they're saying just like you would if you were in the real world 
Yeah. Otherwise, like it just it just keeps weighing on you, doesn't it? And it's just like, oh God, now what are they saying? Oh, yeah. now I've got to do this because they're doing this. And it's just like, no one needs that. Yeah. It's That's not, not good for your mental health. Yeah. If you weren't following them and you you know that you wouldn't feel the way you feel if it's a negative feeling from following them, then, then mute them. They don't know mm. unless they're like me and can figure it out. They, you know, just mute, have some time out. It might just be through maybe a certain little project they're working on and you just don't want to hear it. Or maybe they've won a client that you didn't win and you just don't want to hear them talking about it because it doesn't sit well with you. Just mute them and then touch mm. base. You can still go and have a look. You can still see their content. It's just not going to show up in your feed. So then you can choose to look. And you can have those conversations and in other places, you know, just because you're not looking at their social media content, which let's face it, isn't created for you. It's created for their audience. You can go and have those conversations in communities, like in the Inner Hub, for example, our members, as Laura said, are really supportive of each other. They all, you know, they'll help each other. They'll ask the questions and what have you, but we would not expect them to go and look at each other's socials because I suspect that they would then start feeling a little bit differently about people because they would be like, oh, you look like you're doing really, really well. And, you know, it just doesn't make you feel good, does it? So have have those relationships in other places where you're not seeing the content that's not created for you. Yeah. Block it out. Block out all of that noise. Yeah, totally. And it goes for, you know, I think in our industry, we're always looking for the updates. We're trying to stay a you know, on top of what's happening and changing on all of the platforms. And and there can be a lot of that. Mm. Like we see it all the time as part of the Inner Hub. We've got our newswire where we update people on changes to platforms. But we're very selective on what we share because there's so much stuff. Yeah, like we find it overwhelming, don't we, when we're looking and keeping an eye out for that stuff to share with our members. So we definitely don't want them to feel how we feel. Yeah, so we kind of remove the stuff that isn't actually going to help you as a social media manager on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, all the conversations about Elon Musk, for example... Mm. which come up in all, all the our, things that are being tested yeah that haven't all, come out yet they come up in all of our kind of social listening tools but they don't help us on a day-to-day basis to do our job so we'll kind of mm. wait for the things that actually are the good things so obviously we're trying to do that for our members so that's a benefit to the members in our community but if you're not a member of the inner hub then do just try to have a think about how you can streamline that information and how you can own, you know, maybe it is social listening that you've not maybe tapped into for your own business. And what are the keywords and things that you could look for that will help specifically for you and your clients in terms of social updates, but kind of block out all the other stuff. Yeah. And don't be afraid to block out all the other stuff because if it's not going to help you, you don't need to know it. You don't need to remember it. You know, don't need to think, oh, Instagram are testing 12 new things today. And then tomorrow they're going to test another five. Like they're, all of the platforms are always testing yeah. lots of different things until they come to fruition and they're rolled out. You don't need to know about them. They don't need to be on your radar. You need to just focus on what you need to know now to help your own business and your clients' businesses to move forward. And worry about all those other new things when they actually impact you. Yeah. And even when they rolled out, they might be ages to get to the UK or even you mm. might be one of those people who doesn't get it. So there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's no point worrying about things that haven't happened yet. 
God, I sound like my mum. No, and I think that's why it's it's really important when you're um, working on your own business strategy or your clients' business strategies to make sure that they are kind of platform proof, algorithm proof, feature proof, so that everything that you're doing will always work regardless of whether there's new features or features are taken away, you know, and you can just tweak it that way. So you don't need to worry about all those changes all the time. Yeah. Okay. So a bit earlier, we touched on um, the clients and how our clients can cause us some... (laughs) challenges let's just say it straight cause us some some stress (laughs) (laughs) so I think it's just worth touching on how we can and just a reminder for people about how we can make sure that we can handle that in and set those boundaries for our clients and we talked earlier about if you wanted to work on an evening and you can you know obviously delay the response it doesn't you're replying to emails or sending emails, they think it's at nine o'clock in the morning, whereas really you did it, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Those kind of things are great. Um, Also things like having uh, WhatsApp for business. So you can literally walk away. You can um, have your kind of out of office response on there as well. So you're constantly reminding your clients if they're texting you, for example, on an evening, that then, you know, you're not going to get a reply because I'm not working this evening. So those kind of things, again, can really help you. Just to remind you of all the other industries that work nine till five, and yes, lots of people bring their work home, but normally the the work they bring home is work that isn't responding to other people, that, you know, is to finish pieces of work that they need to get finished, for example, or maybe in our instances could be working on our own businesses. But in terms of responding to clients, unless it's a pre-agreed part of your contract, you shouldn't be replying when it's outside of your working hours, whatever those hours may be. So when you're taking on clients, it should be part of your kind of terms of business of, of when you're going to be working. Like, so they need to be clear what happens on a bank holiday. Do they know that you're going to have every bank holiday? And if you're in the UK, that's a lot of bank holidays. <laughs> especially yeah especially especially right now yeah so you know do they know what happens in those situations do they know what happens when you want to take a holiday you know all these conversations as awkward as they may be to kind of enforce these things they need to because before you know it you're working full-time for probably someone who's paying you the equivalent of a day Mm. but it's down to you to enforce this you're the business owner they're your client. They're not dictating to you when you work. You tell them when you're available to work. It's your responsibility to do that. And in actual fact, like, yes, they they need to know if you're not available on bank holidays and what have you, but they don't actually need to know when you're doing the work. Mm. You know, if you were working with an accountant or someone like that, as long as the work gets done, you don't need to know when it's done. And I think the same applies within social media. They're not paying you to work set hours. They're paying you for a result that they want for their business. Yeah. And there may be things that crop up if, you know, that they, you know, maybe it's someone who does regular lives and they want Mm. that kind of support at the time. But that's something that, again, will be agreed for in advance. It's not. Mm. And that's down to you to say whether you can do it. You don't have to be at someone's beck and call. But it's about having those open and honest conversations in advance. It's not, we're not here to be 24-7 emergency (laughs) 
No, and there's very rare that there's an emergency on social media, you know? I think people think a lot of things are urgent and massive deals and big emergencies. But, you know, 99.9% of those things can wait. Yeah, and you you just need to have a plan in place. Like what would happen if someone massively kicked off on your client's social media account? What would happen? Well, there's no point mm. worrying about that when it happens. That needs to be done in advance and have been agreed by a client. And if those things kick off between nine and five, are you going to be happy to do it? Or if it's on an evening or weekend, is it someone else within the business who's responsible for it? It's those kind of things. It's just about thinking ahead. And and I think the, the issue, I, I guess, is that when we take on a new client, we're so keen to impress them and so keen to be like, oh yeah, well, I'll do anything. I'll do it. I'll do anything mm. because you so want to win that client. And I totally get it. And I've totally been there. And I think actually, yes, that's fine to, you know, to want to appear to, to be helpful, but you just don't want to start something that you're going to regret down the line. And if it's responding to their text messages 24 seven, right in week one, then you know that that is going to happen all the way through your relationship. And it's very difficult. It's much harder and much more awkward and difficult to go back and say, look, this isn't working. Then actually right at the start of that relationship saying, right, this is how I work. This is how you can contact me. This is what happens if there's a crisis out of hours, blah, 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 blah. And if you enforce that right at the start, you're setting yourself up for a much better experience. Yeah. And it's, it's easier for you to then step away and have some downtime. Yeah, definitely agree. And I think also you need to kind of pay attention to those red flags, don't you? Whether it's with existing clients or potential clients mm. when you're going through that um, pre-qualifying stage or your discovery calls or even like right at the very beginning of a relationship. If you start seeing red flags, but you ignore them, then probably they're going to build up and up and up. And I I had, um, I remember I had a, a client, this is quite a while ago now, they were an ads client. And at the very beginning, I just had this niggly feeling like, oh, I'm not really sure. But I carried on because it was like really good money. <laughs> I think I've spoken about this client on a podcast before. They came back to me a couple oh, of times yeah, yeah. after I got rid of them. But if I had have listened to my gut at the very beginning, then I probably wouldn't have stayed with them the first time, let alone take them back on a, another time. But the whole time that I was working with them, there was just this weight on my shoulders from them. And that is not good. You know, I wasn't enjoying my work because of that. They made me feel stressed. My evenings were stressful. My conversations with my husband were like stressful because I was so, you know, yeah. and it, it's not a good, it's not good for your personal life if you feel stressed in work. So pay attention to those red flags. And yes, you might need the money, but just think to yourself, is it worth it? You know, and what can you do instead? And what have you got in place, like in your, uh, like what prospects are you working on that you could potentially replace those people with if you need to? So you can then get rid of those and get rid of that niggly feeling or that hor horrendous stress that's on you when you're working with those kinds of businesses. Yeah, no, I agree. Your gut feelings are worth listening to. Yeah, it's hard though, isn't it? It's really hard to listen to your gut when there's money on the line. Yeah, but that's where you need to have a community around you where you can kind of sense check and you can say, look, my gut is saying... You need a saying... Lord Davis telling you, no, get rid. <laughs> 
I'm happy to. <laughs> um, no, she is if you need her. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've covered quite a, a variety of things that people can do. I think at the very simplest level, there are lots of tools and functionalities at our fingertips, literally, that can help us to um, block out some noise, to, to manage our time better, to to enable us to be more focused. But the choice is down to you as to whether you want to go press those buttons and to, you know, but if you're finding that people are constantly saying to you, or you're always on your phone and you don't, you're kind of aware that you are and you don't really want to be, but you're kind of addicted to it, then it's down to you to take, you know, take those steps um, to to make that change and to try to manage that. I feel like you're talking about people need to go into like recovery or something. <laughs> but it, it's true though, isn't it? It is so addictive and it annoys me sometimes that I'll be like the other day I was watching a program on the TV that I've gone on about for ages. And then my husband recorded it when we were away. And then I sat down and I just, he went, oh, that was good. I was like, what? Oh. Like I'd completely missed the whole bloody hour. <laughs> like I, I'd obviously been aware of it, but I'd also just been sat on my phone and it really annoyed me because now the part two's coming up and I'm going to have to find time to watch part one again. Like, it, <laughs> so and I'm, I'm hoping... Oh, the first world problems in our lives well, these days. I know, and I'm hoping I'm not al- alone, but I do think that... I do think we are addicted and I and I just think it's so much harder. It's not like like I've got loads of friends who will just say, oh, I've taken Instagram off my phone. I've taken TikTok off my phone. And I'm jealous sometimes of that because I just think, oh, if I could just take it off my phone, then I wouldn't miss all the TV programs that I want to watch. <laughs> like well, mm. whatever it is. And so, you know, I have had to think, how can I make this more manageable? And clearly... I'm not perfected it and it's a work in progress isn't it and but there are the tools and functionalities that we can all use we can also you know think about who is around us from a negative perspective and if it's negative then you can remove those people quite easily without any drama or you can bring positive people into your community into your world and if they're going to help you and bring you a bit of joy when you're on social media, then that's obviously fine. And then finally, obviously, we've just touched on some very important points, I think, with regards to how we work with our clients and set those boundaries. And it's not easy, but I think it's essential because that you need them to respect you and respect the fact that you're not a 24-7 machine. And the only way that you can do that is by you enforcing those boundaries right from the start. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I hope this episode was helpful. We would love to know if there's anything else that you do to kind of put those boundaries in place or, you know, put your phone down. Uh, Let us know. Come and drop into our DMs. We are at the two Laura's on all platforms um, and share your tips. And then we can obviously share them with everyone else as well. Um, And yeah, we will be back same time, same place next week. Have a great week. Ta-ra. Toodle pip.